The ministry of evangelist Billy Graham spanned seven decades. Graham had a personal audience with 12 consecutive sitting U.S. presidents, one of those being John F. Kennedy. Dr. Graham's autobiography, entitled Just As I Am, recounts his very last conversation with President Kennedy in 1963. That year, the presidential prayer breakfast was held on Thursday morning, February the 7th, at the Mayflower Hotel. Dr. Graham was sick with the flu, had a high fever, but he decided to still go and speak. In his six-minute address that morning, Billy Graham called the nation and our national leaders to repentance, and then he gave a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus. He, he said, I had the flu, and after I gave my short talk and the president gave his, we walked out of the hotel to his car together, as was always our custom. At the curb, the president turned to me. And he said, Billy, could you ride back to the White House with me? I'd like to see you for a minute. He said, Mr. President, I've got a fever. Not only am I weak, but I, I don't want to give you this thing that I have. Couldn't we wait and talk some other time? He said, it was a cold, snowy day. And he said, I was freezing as I stood there outside in the Washington, D.C. weather without my overcoat. Of course, the president graciously said, of course, we'll talk again soon. But the two would never meet again. Later that year, 288 days later, as a matter of fact, Kennedy was shot dead. Billy Graham reflected his hesitation at the car door and his request still haunt me. What was on his mind? Should I have gone with him? It was an irrecoverable moment. Our text this morning gives us a glimpse into another irrecoverable moment. Matthew 25 verse 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go, rather, to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And then the door was shut. Notice the phrase, if you're in the habit of circling words or phrases in your Bible, circle that phrase in verse 10. They that were ready went in. Once the five young maidens realized their need, 
that they actually didn't have enough oil in their lamps for their lamps to continue burning, they had good intentions. They started then to make preparation, but they had waited too late. The bridegroom came while they were gone to the market. They were shut out of the wedding. I want to give you three truths. Rapid fire succession. Truth number one, good intentions never substitute for sufficient preparation. Good intentions, and all of us are filled with good intentions, but good intentions never substitute for sufficient preparation. In verse 3, the scripture says, They that were foolish took no oil with them. They didn't prepare. I'm sure they had thought about it. I'm sure that, 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 that really uh, they had every intention of having everything ready, but they weren't prepared for the moment. Truth number two, good intentions never substitute for proper actions. Good intentions never substitute for proper actions. Verse 10 says, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. The proper action would have been to be prepared and to do those things necessary so that they're ready when the bridegroom arrived. And then the third truth is that good intentions never substitute for a second chance. Because you don't always get that second chance, do you, to do the right thing or to do something the first time. Verse 10 said that the door was shut. And once the door was shut, it was impossible for them to go in. Ladies and gentlemen, is is it possible to wait too late to act? Yes, too late. No more opportunity. The scriptures teach us, if nothing else in this passage, not to wait too late. Don't wait too late to make the right decision. Whatever that decision is. We must seize the opportunity while it is in front of us. I did is always better than I meant to. John Greenleaf Whittier said, for of all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, what might have been. Did you know that the world is full of people who live and die with regret? The feet of regret walk in the shoes of opportunity wasted. Regret is a poor companion. I meant to. I meant to do that. I meant to take care of that. I meant to get saved. I meant to make things right. I meant to start a new pattern of life. I meant to spend more time with my family. I meant to make that phone call. I meant to have that conversation. I meant to lose weight. I meant to get in shape. I meant to save money. I meant to go to the doctor. I meant to get the help that I needed. 
I meant to witness to my friend. I meant to go see my parents before it was too late. I meant to. If it's right to do, dear one, then now is the time to do it. If only. Those must be the two saddest words in the world. If only. If only I had. If only I did. If only I would have been ready. There was a widower who the last 10 years of his life, he would get up every morning at 7 a.m. He would go out for his walk. Every morning he would pick wildflowers. And he would walk to the cemetery, to the place where his wife was laid to rest. And he placed those wildflowers on his wife's grave. And one day, uh, his children and grandchildren were there visiting. And he took his grandson while he was there for the stay. Every day that his grandson was there, he'd get his grandson up and his grandson would make the walk with him. And so on the last day that the grandson was there for that visit, they picked the wildflowers early that morning. They walked straight to the grandmother's grave and he was placing the flower like he had done every single morning. And he turned to his grandson and he said, Oh, how I wish I would have done this for your grandmother while she was still alive. But I never did. I don't know what decision today the Lord has been saying for you to make now. But whatever it is, one day will be too late. If your need today is to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do it today. Do it now. Today is the day of salvation. Behold, the scripture says, now is the accepted time. If there's a relationship in your life that needs to be mended and repaired, do it today. Pick up the phone, make that phone call today. Go by their home today. If there's some self-destructive or sinful habit in your life and the Holy Spirit of God has already, and I know how the Holy Spirit's works, you do too. He's already been speaking, already been talking to you. And he says, today, make that life-changing decision today. If there's that soul that Jesus has placed upon your heart, that burden for that lost person that God's been wanting you to speak to today.
Go give them that testimony. Go give them that invitation. Have coffee with them tomorrow morning. Amen. Take them out for a meal. Have them over to your home and share with them what Jesus has done for you. But what, whatever you do, if it's right, do it now.